podcast but want to go deeper into best practices for account management? Learn more from Fred and John in A Dragon Walks Into a Meeting, a tactical guide to client management, available at Amazon or wherever books are sold. Well, welcome back, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Account Management, a tactical guide to success. You got Fred Fuller here on the other side of the table. We have John Brown. Mr. John Brown, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. Fred Fuller, how are you, sir? That's the question. I'm doing quite well. The weather has cooled off a little bit. It uh, is nice. Yeah, so I I no longer sweat, um, you know, like turning off the, the snooze button. Well, I was going to say sweat doing what? Sitting at home on a Zoom call all day long? Yeah, that's, like, that's what, 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 how, are you, how are you breaking a sweat precisely? Uh, well, we don't need to get into that. People okay, don't want right. to hear that. No, nobody wants want to hear about account management. Account management. Right. That's yeah. why we're here. Yeah. All right. Let's stick to so, the topic. You stick to the top. Let's stay focused. How about that? Okay. Focus. So what do we have going on today, John? Well, today is a ver- another very exciting. It's a very special episode, just like a ABC after school special. Uh, we've got a very special episode where we- Am I going to cry? You might, you might get a little emotional by the end, and then we'll have to talk about your feelings. Uh, we are going to be interviewing uh, one of both of our favorite people, a fantastic account manager who we worked with in a previous role. Uh, a fine gentleman, drum roll please, Brandon Horn. Brandon Horn. Brandon Horn's in the house. Is he with us now? I am. Oh, Mr. Horn, how the heck are you? Good, good. How are you guys? Doing very well. Thanks for joining. Yeah, we're thrilled you're here. Uh, So we, uh, the three of us worked together uh, for a long time and had many different account management situations. And what we're going to do is a podcast is kind of interspersed, maybe every other episode or so, um, interviewing some actual practitioners of account management. So you can hear from people who are really doing it uh, versus uh, Fred Fuller and I bloviating about our thoughts about the topic. So I think this is going to be really good. Brandon, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your resume, your curriculum vitae. Yeah, sure. So um, Brandon Horn, been doing account management or client management customer success for about the last 10 years in varying capacities. So everything from channel marketing and product management um, in B2B companies to some D2C work at large financial institution. um, And now uh, head up uh, a B2B business unit inside of um, a financial technology firm. Fantastic. That is great. You left off a little on your resume there. Yeah. What did I, what did I leave off? The, the part. Oh, I know. Uh, all right. It was, it was that I was in the army and you guys tried to be in the military. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yes. All right, yes. are we going to keep score? Because uh, one one for Brandon, I think, is where we're at. Brandon, t- get, talk about your experience in the uh, Army before joining the corporate world, please. Yeah, sure. So um, I spent about five years in the Army. Um, I was an engineering officer, but kind of did a number of things. Um, everything from counter IED stuff in Afghanistan to um, being a landowner, building an outpost in the middle of nowhere in the desert uh, as a part of deployment, spent some time living in Germany, which was pretty incredible. 
Um, got to do some other fun stuff like jumping out of airplanes and uh, that sort of stuff. So yeah, it was, a, it was a pretty cool experience. I think one of the interesting things getting out was that um, it taught me a lot about people, which which is why I think landing in kind of account management client success role um, made a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a great way to kind of stretch yourself after a military experience. And also, correct me if I'm wrong, you were an Army Ranger. Am I not mistaken there? Uh, I know the answer to this question. I I, I did go to Ranger school, um, got a Ranger tab. So, um, yeah, definitely something I'm super proud of. All right. God, it's like, a, it's like getting blood from a turnip. This is having to pull all this out. Now, the reason I, I, uh, I uh, bring it up is I... Uh, you know, uh, as you mentioned, Fred and I had, I guess, a tangential military experience. So it's always good to talk to somebody um, who did that kind of thing. And of course, we appreciate you for for doing that. So that's fantastic. Well, I heard Fred did did the work and you were just an officer. (laughs) (laughs) I was was trying to figure out how to weave that in. Thank you, Brandon. Thank you. You're invited back. Well, I Yes. Oh, well, thanks. Right. Right. I, I knew we were, I knew it was going to go. Can we focus on account management? Like, yeah, sure. Yeah. 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 I, you'd love to. <laughs> <laughs> now you have your hands full, John. I'm just going to sit back and enjoy the rest of this episode. This is glorious. Oh my goodness. This would be the first time you actually work and I don't. Oh my goodness. Killing me, both of you. <laughs> He's speechless. I love it. I love it. <laughs> no, in all seriousness, Brandon, thanks a lot for coming and, and joining us. Um, and, it, and it is an interesting thing, not to spend too much time on it, but that time in the military, and all kidding aside, regardless of the branch, enlisted or, or officer and all that stuff aside, it really does teach you a lot about interacting with people because you will meet people from all walks of life with different intentions and ambitions and aspirations and all those things. And it really lays the foundation, I think, for account managers. Like you, not everybody coming out of the military would be an account manager, obviously. But if you're, a, if that resonates with you, then that is something that really feeds into to the future of what you're going to do. And so it is being able to interact with people from all walks of life. And, and account management is a, is a great discipline with that background. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I totally do. I think the other thing that is unique is not only do you get that breadth of kind of personalities and experiences and walks of life and how do you interact, but um, you get really accustomed to how do you interact from positions of power and positions that you don't have any power. And kind of in the account management world, you're going to be constantly thrust into situations where you know you may have absolutely zero power, but are still expected to influence or kind of move the ball forward. And there are other cases where you'll have a lot of power and you'll have to decide how and when and if you want to use it. Oh, that's uh that's a nice observation. Well, that's actually a good segue. Uh, so, Fred, the question we asked Brandon uh, before coming to this, which I thought would be really applicable uh, to Brandon, particularly considering he came from a non-account management background and jumped into account management, which really, in many ways, is kind of the thesis of our book, right? Like most great account managers actually don't come from, uh, you know, there's not some account management school somewhere, right? So you come from somewhere else, right? And so then you have to build all these schools or skills that they don't teach you in school, right? So we asked Brandon, tell us the four things that you wish you knew uh, before you jumped into that world of account management. He came up uh, came up with four things. So Brandon, yeah. tell us tell us what your four things are. 
Sure. Yeah. So the first one is embrace the downtime. The next one is answer the question behind the question, systematize the small stuff. And the last one is be humble. Ooh. I, you know what I, I, what I love about those responses is that they are, they're intentionally broad, right? So <laughs> embrace the downtime. Well, yeah, I'm not in account management and I still like to embrace the downtime. So <laughs> what, well, it's true, right? Like embrace the downtime. That's not specific to account management, but it really is from your perspective, Brandon. And so talk a little bit about what that means to you and why that resonates. Well, I think that's uh, a compliment. I, I don't know, but I'll, I'll attempt to explain it nonetheless. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think there's a couple of things, and it is intentionally broad because it's broad for a number of reasons. Um, and I think that at the really base level, it's probably what you think. It's, um, it's if you've got an opportunity to close the laptop and head out the door a little bit early one day, take it because uh, – account management is a sinusoidal curve of activity, right? So you're going to walk in one week and everything you touch is going to be on fire. And you're going to be in the office late, you're gonna get home, you're gonna do what you need to do with the family and the kids and they're gonna be back on the phone, firefighting or coming up with a solution for something, et cetera. And so purely for your own kind of mental load and your ability to be effective, find those opportunities to kind of shut off when you can and really shut off because it's easy to get inundated with the Slack and the email and the phone and the text and all of the ways that you're connected. And if you're constantly connected, you're going to, um, you're going to eventually just burn out and become ineffective account management. So that's kind of the the simplest um, piece of embrace the downtime. Yeah. I think- I, that, that is, I, mean, I think what's it's because account management is unique in that way a little bit. Like a lot of jobs have maybe more steady work stream. Like if you're a developer, there's a project plan and you have to get X amount of code done by X amount of time. And so, but account management, your life isn't determined by you. It's a lot of times determined by what's happening at a client. One week is crazy busy. Everything is on fire. Uh, The next week, you know, to your point, it's super quiet. And your point is when that happens, don't freak out, just embrace it. And, and close your laptop and, and go home. Yeah, and I mean, I think if it goes on too long, like you should probably start worrying, but- um, <laughs> <laughs> you, I haven't had anything to do for three months. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like that's probably on you, so you should go find something to do. Yeah, and yeah, that kind of talks right. to the other- that talks to the other side of embrace the downtime um, is there's a lot of stuff that you can be doing that will make you a better account manager that isn't account managing or not managing your, you know, book of business, your, your client list. Um, So I'm thinking about things like just, just learning, right. As a young account manager, I spent time on YouTube learning how to, you know, code some basic SQL. Um, And that was hugely valuable when I had to go out and quickly find answers to questions um, that my clients had without having to put in an analytics request and wait three, four, five days to get it back. Um, It allowed me to do stuff like go sit with other parts of the business that I probably wouldn't have done otherwise. So go sit with the customer care team and hear what customers are saying, complaining about and um, complimenting the company on because you get to kind of understand a different viewpoint of where the company or your product's strength and weaknesses are. There's a number of things that you can do in that downtime and um, 
they will make you better at your job, though they don't feel necessarily like you're being a productive account manager. They really are. Another one I love is just reading, right? Like now that I'm kind of higher up in the org- in an organization, I have to carve out time to intentionally read, um, right? And I try to make it a dedicated thing that I do on a daily basis of here's an hour that I'm going to sit down and read. And that might be during or after or after work or before work, et cetera. But like finding those opportunities to do, um, to have intentional downtime, I think is important as well. Yeah. Yeah. This one, this one really resonated with me because I spent, you know, the first 10 years of my career doing corporate finance and in corporate finance, you spend the first week closing the books. You spend the second week forecasting. You spend the third week reporting out. And if you're lucky in the third week, you get a little bit of that downtime, which is the recovery time, right? To, to do clean up and take care of odds and ends and special projects and such. Um, what is, interesting about that though is that in the world of finance it was that predictable you knew what your first week was your second week was your third week you knew this you could plan your calendar by a clockwork every every time every month whatever in account management you're never sure where that's coming from right? Like, you know, if you have a big project and implementation, things like that, you know, you're going to be busy. But to your point, in in terms of the fluctuation of your workflow and so forth, it's not that predictable. And so you have to take advantage of it when it comes. Yeah. I'm glad you brought this point up, Brandon, because I, I think it's it's really important. It's something I mentioned to account managers all the time because, you know, you might be three o'clock on a Friday and they're sort of freaking out. And, you know, to sometimes you have to say, hey, look, you, and trust me, two weeks from now, you're going to be underwater, right? So just, you know, use this time wisely. And if you need to take the time off or do like you suggested, enrich yourself, that's also good. Also good too. I'm not sure we mentioned this thing in the book, Fred, which is why I'm glad Brandon uh, yeah. brought it up. Yeah. you. Why didn't you think of it? No, I did, but you um, edited out. <laughs> that's what happened. You overrode me, John. Oh, I, oh, yeah. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, that's going to be my answer henceforth and forevermore. So yeah, no, yeah, no. But but Brandon, this is really good, and I want to come back to the beginning when I said they were intentionally vague. That was a compliment because there's there's so much application here, right? And so yeah. you know how you apply these things and how you think of them, and that's that's kind of was my point as well as you know having that that finance background and the predictability, and then when it's gone, and so how do you manage that? And it and it to your point, it can be uneasy, right? And yeah, if it's an extended period of time, well, maybe you got to rethink that. But having that afternoon noon off on a Friday after you've been, you know, really going after it for a week or two, like celebrate that, enjoy it. Right. Yeah. Go spend time with your family, all that good stuff. So um, what's, and so tell us about the second one here, answer the question behind the question. Talk about that a little bit, Brandon. Yeah, sure. I I think it hits people differently, probably based off of your experience level. Um, But I see there, there being two sides to it. So the first one is, you've got the brand new gung-ho account manager. And so they are what I would kind of describe as an overzealous people pleaser. Like client asked me something, I'm gonna get them something. Hammer, nail, hammer, nail, hammer, nail. Um, and <laughs> they, they never stop to think that they might be kind of contributing to their own demise by <laughs> providing this information, right? Or that they're kind of belittling their worth a little bit by simply providing what is asked for and not providing a level deeper because your job in so many ways exists to help not the other company, but the person that you're interacting with succeed, right? And you can't help them succeed if you don't know what problem they're trying to solve. 
And so, you know, I think that, and sometimes the client's not going to tell you, but every opportunity that you get, you should seek to understand why they are uh, asking that question to begin with. So they might be asking for metric one, two, three, but what they're really trying to do is devise a new monetization strategy for some line of business. Well, you should probably know that because there's 13 other data points that could probably serve them better. And they just don't know that because you're the expert in your product, not them. And that's, um, a, so that's, I, a, that's a great point. You are the expert in your product, not them. Right. So you're the only one capable of understanding in many ways what it is that they're really trying to achieve. And if you don't ask those follow up questions, you never get there. You have to help them understand. Right. Yeah, this is a really good one. I mean, Fred, you talked about this a lot. And I think one of our previous podcasts and and anyone who's new at account management should not feel badly about wanting to be a client pleaser. I mean, I know that when I'm in a meeting with a client to this day and I'm old. Right. Uh, if they ask for something, I <laughs> what is that? But, and, uh, and, I'm, and old. I'm old. Yeah, get that's off my it. lawn. So you'd think I'd know better, but I, you know, but even to this day, when a client asks for something at a meeting, I will write it down in my notebook, and my first thought will be, "Well, gosh, how can we get that?" And I even I have to kind of take a step back and go, "Okay, well, I probably need to ask those three or four questions to really kind of really make sure I know why the why behind it, like you mentioned, Brandon, and and so it's it's a good instinct in account manager to want to please people, but you're absolutely right. It can, it can lead to ruin. Yeah, totally. And then I think the other side of that is once you, once you've been around for a while, um, you almost go in the opposite direction. Um, and if you've ever, if you've ever heard of or familiar with Hanlon's razor, it's never attribute uh, to malice what can be easily explained through stupidity. Uh, and so you've, you've seen it all before, right? And so you, uh, had this thought of like, oh, well, they're asking this because they are trying to be my undoing, right? They're trying to unravel this thing that, that we've built or they're trying to um, one-up me, right? I, uh, one of the things that I, that I learned from, from you around kind of positive and, uh, and then corrective feedback is the seven to one ratio, right? Um, you think that they're trying to like build up their tally marks um, against you to, for whatever that objective is. And nine times out of 10, it's the, it's the same thing of, no, they just want the answer to this other question that they didn't even know how to ask for, right? Like they thought they were asking for the right thing. And if you just ask them why, or if you're familiar with product development, you know, customer research type stuff, asking the five whys to, to get to really the root of what it is, uh, come to find out like, oh no, like they literally just didn't know this thing. And better yet, they didn't even know what question to ask. So they asked me this one instead. So say that one more time, Hanlon's razor, is that, is that it? That like, is, give us that, that definition again. I had, I've never heard this before. This is, you learn something new every day. Tell us what that is. Yeah, so it's never attributed to malice, which can be adequately explained by stupidity. Um, it's a kind of a behavioral science-ism. Uh, John, I'm really surprised that you don't, you don't know this. I think um, I, I've definitely- your vocabulary. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I, I, I think I've had that. I've said that notion to people before, but I did not know that it was an actual uh, sort of uh, thought framing device. You just thought it was your own, your own idea. <laughs> 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 right. Well, yeah. I mean, if you have the idea, it's your idea. No, uh, I just had never heard it they put that succinctly. And it's just so true, right? You know, you, and, and this speaks to, um, you know, print, uh, 
our one of our main philosophies from the book and the podcast is you know assume the other side starts with the best intentions right so we you know we try to tell people to assume that they're starting there and you may think that the client is trying to harm you in some sort of way but it you know could be very easily explained by the fact they just kind of don't know what they're doing right and so i just think that's a really succinct way to say that and uh again all i can think of is fred why didn't you put that in the book like it it just seems kind of I slipped it in. You, you have you read it? <laughs> Wait, I have to tell. I can I segue here for a second? Oh, <laughs> we, I received a co- I, I received my first copy of the book in the mail, and I, I'm, this is a true story. My wife, she saw it laying on the counter. She goes, "Oh, that's great. Have you read it?" No. What? What? I wrote anyway, that's not important right now. Wrote it. Uh, yeah, it's not important right now. That's I, no, I, that. I, I love that. You know, I think something else that goes with that too is understanding a little bit of the background or the genesis for the request, right? Mm-hmm. So we, you know, I've had clients in the past and they come to you and their hair's on fire. It's Friday afternoon at three o'clock and their boss just came storming in the room and said, I need this. And it's that one data point, like you said, Brandon. And what they're really trying to do is explain to somebody the success of the program or where we are with the program. And so handing them a revenue number may not answer that question, right? But there's a whole bunch of other information around that revenue number that is speaking to where we're going, that is speaking to, you know, like what what is the progress that we've made and how does the future look? And so you know, answering that entire question becomes critical because especially Friday afternoon at three o'clock, because if you give them the one number that they ask for, they're going to follow up with the next question and then the next question, the next question. And so the really astute account manager has the discipline to sit and think through what those next two or three questions are and then seek to solve that problem. Right. Yeah. And I mean, that's if you're lucky, if they, if they trust you enough, you have a good enough relationship where they come back and ask you the third, fourth and fifth question. I think the worst case scenario is that they take that one data point and they extrapolate that to answer all of the, all of the questions and they add all the subtext, but a good account manager is going to, is going to tell the story for them. You mentioned um, a minute ago, Brandon, a great technique to get at this, which is very simple and works, is the the five whys. So why do you want that information? Then they tell you that answer. Say, well, why do you why do you want to do that? Uh, and then they tell you that answer. Well, why do, why is that true? Right now, you may only get to two or three. Uh, man, I get to five different whys. <laughs> that sure. might be ex- excessive, but if you can at least target in your head, like, okay, I'm going to see if I can get five whys out of this. You're probably going to find out what the root of the issue is, which is, uh, I think, a great technique. Yeah, I had a really great boss that um, in his uh, one-on-ones, his thing was what else. Right. So you'd walk in and he would ask one question and for the rest of the one on one, the next 30 minutes or whatever else, he would just kind of say, what else? And uh, the information you would volunteer, because most people are people pleasers, they want to answer the question. It would be rude (laughs) not to. Um, You divulge a lot, uh, you know, by kind of just prompting that person. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Let's keep going. Yeah, let's do that. Uh, Number three, systematize. I don't even know if that's a word. Systematize the soft stuff. What's that all about? Yeah, I I looked it up. It's it's a word. (laughs) Hey, we, all right, we're all college educated. I get it. Here we go. Uh, Which which actually makes me trust you less, but go ahead, Brandon. (laughs) So, um, 
yeah, by by nature, I'm not a I'm not an extrovert. Um, my wife is, uh, and it's amazing, right? She, off the top of her head, knows birthdays and uh, email addresses and addresses and kids' names and whatever. Like the list goes on and on, right? And she's really great about keeping in contact with all these people. She just does it naturally. I'm the exact opposite. Um, I really care about people and I and I do you know I, I tend to think I do a good job when I'm put in those situations but I'm not one that usually actively seeks that out and so for me I found it really valuable to quantify and to um, schedule effectively my relationship building um, and that's kind of a number of things I was I was talking to you guys a little bit before uh, before the podcast about uh, one of the things I do is uh, I've got a spreadsheet and it's just a simple spreadsheet, but it's got people's names. It's got where they've worked. Maybe it's the last place they've worked, but it's also got pets names. It's got birthdays. It's got spouses names. It's got kids names. It's got any kind of random, you know, tidbit that I might think is interesting, right? Like they like this sports team or they hate sports or they, you know, are into Broadway theater or whatever the case is. Um, so that's kind of step one, right? It's just like have a simple framework where you can record that stuff because I'm not going to remember it by myself. Um, and then the... It's, it's your CRM. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and, and I just find that a CRM, that stuff can get lost a lot, right? Like some, some of these things are so complex and big. Like I want the thing that's like a quick cheat sheet. You know, that is so brilliant. I mean, we talked about this a lot in our last podcast and you literally named almost every single thing we said to go collect about your clients. Although pets, I'm not sure we said that. I like that. We have to add that. Um, but, you know, and I think we mentioned, you know, put it in a CRM if you have one. And, I, and I've done that in the past. But if you don't, then don't. Brandon is using a spreadsheet, right? Like that's brilliant. Like you don't have to overcomplicate it. It's about collecting the info and having it ready to go in a systematized way. I'm using your word. Um, that's just brilliant. So, so let me tell you about pets, right? Like pets is an important one. This is like, no, 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 I'm, I'm serious because okay. we've all been, at, we've all been in these meetings, right? Where really quickly, everyone starts to talk about their kids because if you've got kids, they completely take over your life in a good and in, in a terrible way, depending on the day. Mm, um, right, right, right. But, but, uh, but nine times out of 10, there are folks that are in that room that are either are too young and, and don't have kids and families, or they've just, you know, decided that that's the route they're not going. But, but those people are oftentimes hugely enamored with, their fur babies. Um, and showing a little bit of interest in that goes an extremely long way because they're used to being in meetings all day, every day where people are talking about their kids and they don't have a ton to contribute there. They feel like they're not a part of that conversation. That is brilliant. Yeah. I, John, you, you have a long history with pets. I think at some point <laughs> you should share some cat stories. But before we do that, uh, I do want to say that we got a dog a couple years ago and throughout the course of my life, we've had pets off and on all that good stuff. When, and, and so we went a couple years, uh, say maybe five years where we didn't have any animals. And I quickly forgot how important they are to a family. 
right? And so when I would hear somebody talk about a pet being sick and, and I actually had a neighbor who, you know, I went out and dropped this much money because my dog ate some chicken bones and I was really worried about him. And I took, and I remember thinking that's insane. I would never spend that much money on an animal. And I, and I almost said it like, you guys are crazy. I didn't fast forward. Now we've had a dog for two years. If something happened to that dog, it would turn this house upside down. I mean, it is a critical member of the family mm. and it's just as important as, as almost any member of the family. Right. So, so to your point, Brandon, like that sounds, it sounds a little bit silly. And, and for people that have pets, they understand that it's not. And if you don't have a pet, treat it as a member of the family because it is super, super important. They are important. Yeah. I, I, you know, if you, if you think about what we did in the last podcast, Fred, talking about building relationships and systematizing that and, and using that to build trust, you know, the things that we collected were sort of that we talk about that you absolutely have to collect were just kind of the obvious list. Really, you know, the, the end of that list should be collect the things that are important to that person. Yeah. And if it's and if it's a pet, great. Like it doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter what the important thing is to that person. Find out what the important thing is and put that in your, in your spreadsheet CRM or your actual CRM or, or write it down on a piece of paper, but collect it. Right. And know it. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. brilliant. Yeah. And I love the tool. Like, you know, that's the other thing we talk about, John, in terms of collecting this information. If you have a CRM, that's great. But Brandon, to your point, like it's not an, it's not an instinct for you to dig into people's lives like that, so to speak. And I don't mean that to sound invasive, but that's just not top of mind for you. Right. And so you have to create tools and things that remind you to do that and allow you to store that information. And so this is really important because John, we've talked about, you know, like a, a, an account manager doesn't have to be the extroverted guy in the flashy car shooting finger guns all the time, right? This is about, this is really about true relationship building. And so you need to find the tools that work for you if this is what you're going to do for a living. That's a great example, Brandon. Yeah. And, you know, introverts can make some of the best account managers because one, they actually are better listeners. So like, and we've talked a lot about listening Um, and that's you and I talking about listening, which is kind of funny. Can you repeat? Can you repeat that? <laughs> no, but you know, so no. I mean, being introverted or extroverted is not at all associated with being a good account manager. And and I think um, and extroverts, I think, actually have some like you and me, Fred, have some handicaps because you know because you do need to be doing more listening. And actually, I think you have deeper relationships, right? You're more likely to collect here, collect that information, and have deeper relationships with people. So yeah, there's no. That's actually really great, Brandon, that you brought that up because I think that's a great thing for the listeners to hear. Yeah. Well, I think the, the next piece to it is like, once you collect the information, it's why I use a spreadsheet because it's not my natural instinct to go dig into the CRM, CRM system to find that one person to do the thing. It's, it's about the proactive nature of it. So, you know, like Google alerts are, are a great one, right? So find those things that people care about, set up Google alerts, and now you're getting a notification about uh-huh. an event to remind you of that person. Right. So now that you've collected the information, it's, it's what you do with it, right? Take those birthdays and put them into your calendar so that you know it's your birthday. Like you get all your Facebook friends information or your whatever, like do the same thing with your business contacts. And I think the other thing that's fun about it is once you've done that, uh, these people truly remain, you know, long lasting friends long after you're done with that product mm-hmm. or that company or they're done with that product or company. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Fantastic. Yeah. All right. So we have a fourth item here, Brandon. What's the what's the fourth item? 
The fourth one is be humble. It's another just generic one just for you, Fred. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I was going to ask you to elaborate, but I think we've heard enough. (laughs) Talk about that a little bit, because actually that too goes below the surface of be humble. Yeah, that's obvious. But what does that, what does that really mean in the context of account management? Yeah, I, I think it's a couple of, there's inside the company and outside the company. So I'll start with outside the company because that's kind of um, where I think a lot of this is focused. And um, we have all been in the meeting with a client where they are just dead wrong about something, right? Like the number's wrong, the, um, their assumption based upon that number's wrong, whatever the case is. Um, and we're not talking about, you know, just like, uh, you know, they flubbed on the usage of a word or like whatever the case is. Like we're talking about like there's something that like um, they haven't reached that realization themselves yet. And so no matter what you say or throw at them um, because you're not in that position of power, like you're not going to change their decision. And so we've, we've seen like the brilliant people, like this is another great, great one, right? It's like um, while being smart is great, like you don't have to be, you know, uh, a genius to be an account manager either because, uh, sometimes that's to your disadvantage if you're the one that constantly has to be right, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh, well, well, my analysis is actually more accurate because X, Y, Z, right? Like, that doesn't matter. Like, account management is a exercise in inception, right? When you, when you get them wow. to... <laughs> that's another one get them to, in the book. That's, geez, <laughs> that's so good. It's like five in this podcast. John, you're fired. Brandon, you want to write a book? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think we could do a good job. <laughs> better. Wow. We could do a better job. It'd be, it'd be, it'd be better. It'd all be better. <laughs> yeah. I think we can, all right, so Brandon, I interrupted you. I'm uh, sorry. Yeah, no, no, totally. Um, the, the real goal is not to like provide them this golden nugget of information that's going to change the way they think. It's to kind of ride shotgun with them while they go through the process of coming to that realization on their own. And so you've got to know when to kind of like nudge them in the right direction and when to, you know, just uh, shut up and, uh, and hold on um, while, you know, they, they go off road for a little bit. Um, but, but that's kind of the humble piece of like, even if you're right, like does being right really matter? Because what matters is making you successful, the client successful, that person on the other end of the table as a person making them successful um, because that's what will pay off in the long run. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, I think um, I think the other thing there, there's a couple things there for me. And one of them is most of the stuff that people get caught up in and they want to be right about doesn't matter. <laughs> right? I have heard people totally. get into arguments over whether the quarterback threw three interceptions or four interceptions in the Sunday night game. And I am like, who cares nobody cares and 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 you think you're having this little lighthearted debate or something and the reality is you're not like every one of those things become a little bit of a ding and a little bit of a dig and a little right and so it's yeah. one thing if it's your lunch buddy at work and you guys go and you drink beer all the whatever like that's something different but when you're talking about client stuff it just you have to ask yourself that first and foremost does it matter the second thing is if it does matter 
there's a high probability that you're not going to get them to turn in one conversation. So to your point, Brandon, like nudging them, like it's, you're, you, you know, depending on the subject and what you're talking about, you're, you're turning the battleship, right? So you're, this is a long haul. And so don't try to win that conversation and just in, in the first pass, right? Yeah. And I love what you said on the, the first go around uh, about kind of those like constant dings and, and that sort of thing. That is, super um, unproductive when you have a client that has also never been on the other side of the table, right? So, so many times the person that you are uh, sitting across from has always been in that position of power, right? Like they've always been in the vendor management role or the, you know, line of business head role who has had, um, you know, everyone else to kind of inside of their organization, um, look up to them as kind of the authority figure um, and the source of truth for a lot of information. And so you going in, it's, you know, it's like when your kid says something to you and they're right. Um, but it really just kind of pisses you off because you just got one upped by your kid. <laughs> never, never happens. Never happens. Never happens. Right. Right. <laughs> but, but you know, like, right. Like, and you're like, and like when it's your own kid, you can eventually look back and be like, well, I'm kind of proud of them. Like they, they, they got me on that one. And you, you know, you and your spouse can have a laugh, but if uh, in the business context, like that could be humiliating. It could be unsettling. Um, it could just, you know, make you angry. We talked a lot. And I think a previous podcast, Fred, about, you know, if you're winning, you're probably not really winning, right? If, if, if your goal is to win the argument, right? Which is what Brandon is talking about. Like then, then you're actually losing. And I think that's, that's a, that's a great point, you know, and there's kind of a sub point underneath that where, um, you know, where you encounter this sometimes as, as an account manager, it's sometimes it's not you, it's the executive you brought with you to the meeting, right? Because they've got a big ego and they are right. Or they're the, let's say they're the owner of the business or the CEO and it's, and we're talking about their baby, right? And, and yeah. the client is calling the baby ugly. Like they, the, C, the CEO, the owner, the very senior executive, these people, they don't have time to have subsequent interactions. So they're going to solve it right there in the meeting. And the way that they're going to do that is by winning the argument, right? So as an account manager, you need to be ready for that and not be surprised by it and manage to it. Um, hopefully you can convince that person that maybe there's some merit to having more than one round of conversation, <laughs> but sometimes it doesn't work out that way. Right. But you're, I mean, but the, so, but as an account manager, if you can at least be the, ex, the set, the example, then you're doing, I think a world of good. Be yeah. humble. I like be that. Humble. So, so the other side of it that I didn't touch on was the internal side. Right. So, um, I think as an account manager, it's, it's interesting because, you're, you're not really the, it's not really the sexiest role inside the company, right? You're, um, the, the sales team goes and sells it and there's a big hurrah and everyone gets the big commission and, uh, you know, that goes into the board slides and everyone's super pumped about the big new deal that came across. Um, and then it kind of, you know, slides across the desk, uh, to you and you have a ton of responsibility. And in many cases, not a ton of the ton of authority. Right. So you're now um, expected to move the ball forward or you may have numbers on your head or whatever the case may be. And yet um, it's, it's you on an island. And so you're having to work with engineers and marketing and product and 
all of these things to kind of get your client taken care of, despite the fact that you have, you know, not the direct reports or even necessarily the authority inside the organization to get it done. And so you kind of have to be willing to, you know, put the fact that, you know, you're managing this $50 million client or whatever, whatever it is, right, <clears throat> to the wayside and really be a member of the team. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I was here the other night, like, uh, I was up at two o'clock in the morning doing a, uh, you know, doing a deployment with, with the team, a group of, you know, half a dozen engineers or so. And uh, my wife was like, why, like, why, why are you doing that? Like, you're an executive <laughs> of this company. Like, why are you? And I was like, like, these are the people that are making me successful. And one, I want them to know that I've got their back if something goes wrong. Um, and two, I want to yeah. show a willingness to, uh, to do that stuff that I, that I'm humble enough to not say that I'm too, I'm too big for this, right. Or I'm too important for this because they will now work that much harder, you know, it, it, when, and if we need them to. Yeah. That's, that's a, really that's good. a, it's great point. Yeah. Um, that's why that's, officers in the army are different than officers in the Navy. Uh, job. <laughs> and how is that? Because we lack humility. Well, because, yeah. well no, because we eat, because we eat, after our after our troops oh my goodness yeah <laughs> tell me about the boardroom john where you eat the ward room fred <laughs> whatever you know tell what me about called. the cloth napkins oh my goodness the fine why china did, why did i agree to this i don't understand <laughs> that's so awesome the so problem the problem is you've got me there like you literally and i i, I have nothing to fire back with so like it's it's actually actually a great example of what you're talking about uh, Brandon is, uh, kind of, there's a lack, there's a little bit of a lack of humility there, um, that maybe the officer corps of the Navy could be well served to introduce, but that's maybe a conversation for a different, uh, podcast, you know, before we, uh, go through the four things again, and real quick and, and wrap up, can I tell my favorite story about Brandon? Uh, yeah. Would you like to hear it? Sure. I think the audience liked, so I was interviewing, uh, Brandon for a role, uh, after he got out of the, the army and my first, my you know, I had my, I had a list of questions. I was prepared for the interview and I'm kind of like, all right, I'm gonna, you know, I'm going to do my thing here. Like I, I got this interview <laughs> under control. And, um, and my first, <laughs> my first question was, uh, talk about humility. Uh, I, my first question was tell me about a time where you had to prepare a presentation and what you did to, or where you had to present and what you did to prepare for it. And Brandon's answer was, well, it's probably the time I had to present to general Petraeus. And then he went on to describe, you know, what that was like. And I just, I nearly threw all my papers in the air. Like, oh, what? Yeah. yeah, I'm going to lay down my rap about, you know, the corporate world after getting that answer. No, like uh, that was just, that was just very impressive to me. And I kind of, it kind of just made me uh, laugh a little bit of myself and sit back in the chair a little bit and go, okay, let's, let's hear some stories. So anyway, that's my favorite little story about Brandon. A little bit of humility, huh, John? Yeah, that's right. That's uh, yeah. Like I'm like I've never presented to General Petraeus, right? Like that's nor do I know, want not, to. No, nor do I want to. Right? Like that's a, that's a little bit of a step that I'm not I'm not prepared to take. I you know, I'll, I'll yeah. I'd have you happily present to dozens of CEOs before I would uh, want to step into that arena necessarily. So anyway, uh, so Brandon, uh, just walk us through your uh, your four things again, real quick. Yeah, absolutely. So first one, embrace the downtime. Second, answer the question behind the question. Third, systematize the small stuff. And then lastly, as you mentioned, be humble. 
be humble. Good watchword for today. Yeah, I, I love those. Those are, those are great because they, um, they, they just aren't things that, that as you think about account management, I just don't know that they, they don't bubble to the top as the number one or two things that you think about. But after you walk through them and, and explain them, they all make, they make just so much sense. All right. Well, uh, thank you very much, Brandon, for joining us. It's great to see you. I hope the family is doing well. Um, so uh, I think that wraps it up. Yeah, John? I think that wraps it up. Okay. Well, uh, between now and the next episode, if you have a question or comment, please email us. You can go to fuller-brown.com and you can drop us an email. You can check out the podcast. You can look at our blog. Anything else, John? And rate us, rate this podcast on iTunes. Boom. Rate us on iTunes. And if you've bought the book, please rate us on Amazon. Okay, people, you all have homework to do. Don't make us lecture you on the next episode. Don't make us come find you. That's right. Thank you so much once again, Brandon. Uh, great to see you. Thanks for the wisdom. It's, it's very, very helpful. That's, uh, I think that wraps it up. That's another episode of Account Management, A Tactical Guide to Success for Brandon Horn, John Brown. This is Fred Fuller, and we will see you next time. Next time.